Medical infirmaries were also available for the hospital treatment of the poor, who could not afford to pay a doctor or to go to hospital. But the infirmaries came to be feared almost as much as the workhouses themselves, and were regarded as places of disease, insanity, neglect and death. Medical and nursing staff were of the lowest order, and were frequently brutal and ignorant. It was work which no doctor who valued his career would undertake. The attitudes of the medical and nursing staff, who were careless of the lives of paupers, reflected the mores of the time. The stigma of illegitimacy has destroyed the lives of millions of unfortunate young women and blighted those of their children. If a girl's lover deserted her, and her parents could not or would not support her and the child, the workhouse was often the only form of relief available. The baby would be born in the infirmary. After weaning, the girl would be encouraged to leave the workhouse with her baby to seek employment, but this was usually impossible to find because of the limited labour market for women, further restricted because of the presence of a baby. The girl would also be encouraged to give her baby up for adoption. Many girls were medically certified as hysterical or of unsound mind or even morally degenerate and the baby forcibly removed and brought up in the workhouse. The young mother would be expected to leave, find work outside and contribute to the poor rates to offset the cost of keeping and educating the child. If she could not find work, she would have to return to the women's section of the workhouse. The system was heartless and stupid, but those were the rules, and they reflected the social attitude that a fallen woman should be punished. It was such a story that brought Jane to the workhouse when her mother was dismissed for an illicit liaison with her employer. We'll have to watch that one, saucy little madam. Did you hear the way she spoke out of turn at breakfast? Oh, don't you worry, my dear, I'll break her before she leaves here. The master and mistress were talking about Jane, who had been in the workhouse since birth. It was rumoured that her father was a high-class gentleman, distinguished in Parliament and at the bar. When his wife found him in bed with a servant girl, the girl was immediately dismissed and went to the workhouse where Jane was born. The baby stayed with her mother to be breastfed, but was then taken to the infant's nursery. The mother returned to the women's section and never saw her baby again. Thus Jane was entirely reared by the institution and knew no other life. It was a harsh, repressive existence, but no amount of smacks or punishments could subdue Jane's bubbling laughter and joie de vivre. In the playground, she chased the other children. In the dormitory, she crept under the beds and poked the mattresses of sleeping children with a stick. Her behaviour caused uproar, and an officer would run in with smacks and orders to be quiet. But Jane giggled and did it again. As she grew, her high spirits got her into endless trouble. Docility and obedience were expected from the children, and if there was any deviation from this, naughty little Jane could generally be found at the centre of it. Who was it that tied Officer Sharp's shoelaces together as she sat darning socks, so that she fell over when she stood up and took a step? 
No one knew, but as Jane had been seen in the vicinity, she got a good smacking for it. Who was it that climbed the drainpipe in the playground? Why, Jane, of course. And who mixed up all the boots in the dormitory so everyone had the wrong sizes? If it wasn't Jane, it might as well have been. She got the punishment. Jane's great misfortune was that she stood out. In a group of children, she could not be overlooked. She was a good deal taller than average and also prettier, with her dark curls and clear blue eyes. She was also a great deal more intelligent than most of the other children, and the master and mistress feared an intelligent child. They told the officers to keep an eye on her. Keep in line. Don't straggle. Heads up now. Don't slouch. The girls were marching to church one Sunday morning. It was a very long crocodile consisting of nearly 100